Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, battle ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's begin with a prayer in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee, and I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. It is the first Friday of the month, and it happens to be July 1st. Uh, first Friday always means that we dedicate this day to reparation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So I hope you're doing that today. Uh, make some reparation to all uh, the pain and suffering he endures through the blasphemies, the callousness, the indifference, and the lukewarm hearts. Uh, today I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, the creation account. You know, God made everything from nothing. And uh, it's good in the days we live in to go back to some of these truths. So if you would remember uh, in the beginning, Genesis 1, um, God creates everything. He begins with calling forth uh, light, let there be light. It's the first command he, he, he made over uh, the void. And from there he brings forth everything else. Uh, he gives, the last thing God makes is man. And uh, he creates Adam and Eve for each other, you know. He made them man and woman. And this is something we need to pay close attention to. Who makes man and woman? God makes man and woman. And uh, man and woman, those would be the two genders that God created. There are no more genders. That's it. The scripture has has been spoken and it's over god created and the work was done and it continues and he only makes men and women he doesn't make any other genders that's it you see the problem we're having here is a crisis of faith so many people have moved away from god they do not care what god has done or said and so they ignore the divine truths that are contained in the holy scriptures uh when he made uh Adam, he took a rib of Adam to make Eve. And when she was created, um, Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. This is, this is the, the primary truth that we must come to understand if we're going to understand who man is, man meaning mankind. Uh, as soon as Adam and Eve are made, who enters the picture? The serpent, the ser who is what? More crafty than any of the other animals. God classifies the serpent as an animal. He has lost his dignity as an angel. He is now an animal. He's in the animal kingdom. The serpent has lost his beauty and his place uh, next to God. And now he is this debased creature. What does he say to Eve? He says, uh, <clears throat> he says, did God really say to you, you must not eat from any tree in the garden? 
And of course, Eve goes into a dialogue with the devil and says, we may eat from the fruit trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. The serpent says, you will, not, you will certainly not die for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God knowing good and evil you will be like god so this is a power play for adam and eve they want to become like god they don't want they no longer want to uh, exist in his garden and uh walk with him every day they want to become him it's the same problem we have today people want to be god and when you start defining genders when you start creating new genders that don't really exist to begin with you're pretending to be god that is so offensive to god that you try to be god it 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 it's one of the greatest offenses we can do is to make ourselves like god um you know the first three commandments are the most important to love god with all our heart and soul and strength um to keep holy the Sabbath and to not take his name in vain. These are the three most important commandments. And so when we uh, basically were tearing down the first commandment by trying to become God, a grave, grave, grave sin. Let's go to the catechism. Uh, paragraph 369 says, man and woman have been created, which is to say willed by God, on the one hand in perfect equality as human persons, on the other in their respective beings as man and woman. Being man or being woman is a reality which is good and willed by God. Man and woman possess an inalienable dignity which comes to them immediately from God their creator. Man and woman are both with one and the same dignity in the image of God in their being man and being woman. They reflect the creator's wisdom and goodness. Here's uh, the next paragraph, 370, is very interesting as well. In no way is God in man's image. He is neither man nor woman. God is pure spirit in which there is no place for the difference between the sexes, but the respective perfections of man and woman reflect something of the infinite perfection of God, those of a mother and those of a father and husband. And there's a unity between the two, you know? Uh, God created man and woman together and willed each for the other. This is important. You know, we, we, you need to go back to the scriptures to understand God's mind and his heart with these things. This is, uh, this is why he created us to be with him, right? But he made man and woman. That's all he created. What we're seeing, though, in society is so disturbing um, there's so many things. I don't even know where to begin. So I was just reading uh, recently about Canada is using public funds, so taxpayer funds, and they're building this giant monument in Ottawa. It's called Thunderhead, and it's a monument uh, that's honoring LGBTQ and... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's a rather odd-looking thing, and it has a glowing disco ball interior. Of course it does. Why wouldn't it? Um, it's just an odd thing to me that we would have to have a monument 
uh, to the LGBT community made with public funds. Would we build a church with public funds? I don't think so, but they're doing this. Um, so this uh, strange thing is uh, a shrine to the false gods of homosexuality, homoeroticism, and transcultism. Isn't that interesting? It's intended to convey the message that homosexuals and cross-sex impersonators have risen up to say we demand change. Well, good luck with that. Uh, but this is a problem because I'm hearing from people, Catholic families, that are finding this gender craziness is getting into all the schools, even the Catholic schools, where little people, you know, 10, 10 11, 12 year old people are now saying that they're a different gender than the one they were created as. Well, that's got to be a confusing thing for people that are that age, and uh, that's going to create a whole life of confusion. The, the more this is a this is a miscarriage of justice that is perpetrated by Satan. He wants to confuse people, which will bring despair over a lifetime of confusion and not knowing who you really are. Uh, if you don't know who you are, then the devil can have his way with you. If you do not know you are a child of God, the devil will have his way with you. If you don't know who you are, the world will define who you are according to their standards. And that's what we're seeing. That's what's happening right now. It's a very crazy time we live in. So um, back to the creation of man. Uh, we, can, we also can observe that even though man is made of body and soul, and this forms a bridge, you could say, between the material and the spiritual worlds, he is a unity and possesses a single human nature. We possess a single human nature. And you, can, you could make a distinction, there can be a distinction made, that between the, uh, body and soul, it would be contrary to our faith to deny their substantial union in the in the human person. We must acknowledge that. Now, let's explore a little bit the church's teaching on the complementarity of the human person for male and female God created them. We are complementary we are complementary to each other. We have we're perfectly equal but we complement each other, which means we're different as well. Equal, but different. Some people don't understand that. Uh, that's what a lot of these uh, woke liberal bobbleheads would have you would have you think that we are completely equal and there are no differences between men and women. Somebody that says there's no difference between a man and a woman has not really studied human anatomy, first of all. Second of all, even the way information is processed is different between men and women. We have different hormones flowing through our bodies that create different emotional states and varying degrees of emotional states within each uh, the man and the woman. So there are differences. If you don't understand that, then you're denying science. And Lord knows to be a science denier is probably the worst thing somebody can call you. Uh, but be that as it may, that's what they're doing. They're denying science. Now, the great and wonderful Pope John Paul II, he wrote a letter in 1988 called Mulieris Dignitatum, 
Uh, and in that he said, the human race, which takes its origin from the calling into existence, man and woman, crowns the whole work of creation. Both man and woman are human to an equal degree. Both are created in God's image. Now, this is where his theology of the body developed over this really doing a deep dive and very prayerfully considering the work of creation. And, and he had this wonderful body of work that's now been published into a book called The Theology of the Body. And it took about five years of him praying and writing and uh, disseminating information that was coming to him through his holy hours. And uh, I think it was over a hundred different individual addresses at his Wednesday papal audiences um, that were collated into a book, which we now call this Theology of the Body. So what he did was he uh, began each new address with a brief summary of the main points covered in his previous audiences and then dove into a new uh, teaching on the body. And um, you can get a copy. It's published by the Daughters of St. Paul. And I'm sure you could even go on Amazon and find this. He also wrote a wonderful book um, called Man and Woman, He Created Them, uh, A Theology of the Body, which is has a, a bit more to it. And even uh, the Pope's biographer, George Weigel, uh, in the biographical work entitled Witness to Hope, um, he makes an amazing prediction. He uh, ventures to say that these catechetical addresses on the theology of the body constitute a kind of theological time bomb set to go off with dramatic consequences sometime in the third millennium of the church. That was a prediction of the great writer George Weigel, and boy has that happened, because that's what we're living in right now. That's the time we're living in, in the, right now in this day and age. Uh, so let's look a little more closely at what sacred scripture has to say about the creation of man and woman. Um, so we already went into the Genesis 1 and 2. Uh, and if you go a little closer into this, this is a fascinating point that Janet Smith has made, sort of a, a tongue-in-cheek. She uh, said that, you know, man was made from the dust of the earth, basically dirt. <laughs> the human, The man was made from dirt. The woman was made from a rib from a rational creature. And, and she makes the joke that this explains a lot about the differences between men and women. Why men like to basically play in the mud with their big trucks and uh, women seem to much more, much more, um, what's the word? Uh, cultured, I guess is a word. Uh, refined would be another word. Uh, but there are differences, as I mentioned earlier. And finally, you know, the, that last part I want to emphasize is that the man and the woman were created for communion. Communion with each other, communion with God. Um, so now let's look at some of the attack against the gender of man and woman. Now, oddly... Uh, Many of the strange happenings keep coming out of Wisconsin. 
You know, we've been talking about Wisconsin in the news recently. Uh, Father Altman has been shut down by the bishop there, Bishop Callahan. And yet the Monsignor, who was on Grinder, Monsignor Grinder, has been reinstated into a parish after his cavorting on the gay hookup app. Uh, so that's just on the church side. But there's things happening also in, on the um, uh, governmental side. So there's a story about a Wisconsin school counselor who is uh, under threat of losing her teaching license because she criticized uh, this the transgender policies uh, that were in the school district there, the Milwaukee Public Schools. And her teaching license is, they're threatening to take it away for her immoral conduct. Statements she made at a feminist rally at the state capitol in Madison, Wisconsin. So you might think that she was engaged in some deviant conduct, perhaps even sexual in nature. No, that was not the case. She's being investigated for making public statements opposed to school-sponsored transgenderism. Can you imagine? Uh, they want to take her license away. What did she say exactly? Uh, she said that uh, in elementary schools, uh, young children should not be exposed to the harms of gender identity ideology or given unfettered access to hormones and surgery. I think most parents would agree with this, and yet they're trying to take her teaching license away. We, we're living in a strange time. Very strange indeed. So what else does this teach us? Um, there's an attack. If you're, if you're standing up for the principles of God and his creation, you're going to be attacked. Uh, here's another story. This one involves three eighth grade students also in a Wisconsin school, the Keel Area School District. Three boys were charged with violations of Title IX for sexually harassing another student. Sexually harassing another student, what did they do? Uh, they didn't bully, there was no sexual conduct, there was no sexual innuendo. This charge has been levied against them because the boys used the wrong pronoun to refer to a fellow student. What? Are you kidding me? Wisconsin public education, you are, you've lost your mind. Using the wrong pronoun is now considered a federal offense in Wisconsin. Can you believe this? This is so sad to me that children, can you imagine children having, with all that we're taxing them to, to learn uh, as uh, little people about the world, about mathematics, about English, about science, all the things that we had to learn as kids. On top of that, we put them in masks, we put them in Zoom calls for over a year. Um, the, the mask turned out to be very bad for children's health. There's all sorts of um, plastics being identified in lungs now from wearing masks too long. Um, but on top of all that, they have to somehow navigate the world of this transgenderism. How could you know of a class of 30 kids, everybody's pronoun? You probably don't even know everybody's name, but now you have to know their pronoun on top of that. That is lunacy, absolute lunacy. Uh, the poor children 
of 2022. I just, my heart breaks for these kids. I can't imagine that they have to. Can you imagine going to school thinking that you could commit a federal crime by calling some he instead of she when she he's actually a him? My goodness. So according to the legal firm press release about this issue, the three eighth grade students were notified of the complaint and an investigation for sexual harassment for using a biologically correct pronoun when referring to a classmate. So the pronoun actually matched biologically the person. Uh, instead of using the preferred pronoun that the student wanted them to call them. The district's position was that once a student informs others of alternate or preferred pronouns, any subsequent mispronouncing automatically constitute a punishable sexual harassment. Wow, crazy. Unbelievable. There's, now there's two other cults which we ought to uh, be made aware of. Uh, and that's, of course, we've seen in the news just this past week, the cult of abortion that we can be brainwashed to believe that a baby isn't a baby and we can and must celebrate their demise, much as the ancient pagans worship their god, Moloch. Moloch is the god that the, even the Jews would, would offer their babies and throw them into the fire in offering to this hideous demon. Uh, that's, we're much worse today, as Our Lady just said in her most recent message, because the population is so much greater than it was back 2,000 years ago. And, um, you know, in the United States every day, we have a 9-11 occur every day. 2,000 babies are aborted every day, every day in this country. Something else that's fascinating uh, to me is that even though Roe v. Wade has been overturned, uh, what's happened now is judges, random judges are popping up in individual states and uh, stopping the halt of abortions. So the abortions were halted. For example, Florida. Florida has a 15-week abortion law um, that you cannot have an abortion after 15 weeks. But a judge has blocked that law, so now so saying you can have an abortion as uh, much, as late as you want. So the judges are overstepping what the state has passed as a law. Is it? This isn't right. So uh, this this Florida law of 15 weeks passed the state legislature and then was signed into law by the governor in April. And now a judge, one man is coming forward to stop this because he doesn't like it. Well, that's ridiculous. He's, they're just completely abandoning the way of the law. And that's the way it was set up. The Supreme Court was telling us, go back to your states and pass legislation that will dictate how you address this situation in your state. That's what Florida did. They came up with the 15-week law. It passed the legislation, through the, and then the, the governor signed it into law. And now a judge, one man, is throwing that out. Kentucky, same thing. Kentucky uh, stopped abortions, and a judge is blocking the abortion ban. One judge is stepping up and wielding his uh, gavel to change the law of a state. Judges do not change laws. Laws are passed by the representatives that are voted in by the people in the House and Senate. And then the governor signs it into law. 
this is all uh, it's amazing to me i told you this would happen because the, this is the sacrament of the devil and he's not going to let it go without a fight and that's what we're going to see in the coming uh, weeks and months and it will get worse before it gets better god's honest truth that's so that's the first one but then there's the cult the second cult of self aggrandizement in which we take upon ourselves the mantle of a god who can make our own rules outside the laws of the one true god this is what we're seeing these judges do just like in the garden uh you will become like god <laughs> that's what these judges are trying to do they're taking the role of god and putting into law whatever they see fit for their own uh, ideas and premises not what the state not what the representatives have done not what the people of the states want but what they want so keep up your prayers keep up your prayers again the greatest prayer we can pray is for hearts to be changed and eyes to be open to the fullness of the truth hearts to be changed and open to the fullness of the truth you know jesus said i have come that you may have life and have it to the fullest how could you have fullness of life when you're murdered in somebody's womb of course you can't uh, but no uh, abortion loving person would ever quote that scripture because they know in their heart of hearts that that's true but it takes away some of their freedom their license you could say it's a license to kill others well it's friday monday is a holiday as you know july 4th we will not uh, we'll be playing a repeat of a Mondays with Mom on that day. I'll be back with you on Tuesday. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. This is Father Dan signing out.